when I had said that I didn't feel like a true cancer patient because I hadn't gone through the battle, I didn't really mean that I wanted to go through a battle and wanted to have to go through chemotherapy to feel like a true cancer patient. But because I'd kind of said that at one point, and I kind of said it out loud, and then all of a sudden this was happening that I knew I'd have to do chemotherapy coming up, and I didn't know how that would look, I was kind of scared to voice any of my fears out loud. It was kind of like if I voiced them out loud, somehow they would come true. And so I didn't want to voice any of my fears of things coming up just because of that. So at this point, I was trying to keep a lot of things deep inside and I was scared and I'm still scared. But this waiting part about knowing they got it all, but it was in, they found it in my lymph nodes. So all of a sudden this makes it stage three. The information on the internet about stage three, because the first thing you want to do is look up stage three, right? You have it. The first thing you want to do is what do you know about it? And try to get as much information as you can. Knowing that you had to, I have to do chemotherapy, but not really knowing what that looks like or what that entails and waiting for that phone call. It was again, that waiting limbo. And I'd done a lot of that waiting kind of in that limbo and waiting is the hardest part. And at this time, the waiting could be long. In the grand scheme of things, it was only maybe a week or two, if I'm remembering correctly. It wasn't a long period, but when you're in that moment, it feels like forever. And with my father-in-law passing away, now this, it just felt like a huge weight on me and this dull feeling just of everything just being dull. Um, and I kind of went and had some really, really, really dark days and some really, really dark thoughts around this time. So with my father-in-law passing away, we were going to plan the funeral and that. And because he had passed away and we're planning the funeral, it was just this natural progression or I guess conclusion that I would start planning my own funeral. Because now that he had passed away and it was real, right? Uh, what, what is he going to be remembered by? And you start going through all of that and what you want to say. And then it, it was so close to home that for me it was now, okay, well, what about my funeral? What will I re be remembered for? Because I still haven't done half the things I want to do. And can I say I've lived a full life? And, he, and so I kept dwelling on that. And it, it wasn't even a funeral because if, if you know, if you know me and some of you do and some of you don't, uh, and I, I don't really, I don't want a funeral. I really don't. But then that kind of talk comes up too, right? Because is the funeral for you? Is it for your family and friends? And you hear it's for your family and friends and for the closure. But then there is that selfish part of me saying it's my life and I don't have control of how I'm going to end my life. So I kind of want control of how it's going to look, even though I'm not around, I guess, and I wouldn't care, I guess. I, it's hard to explain. So I went through these dark times. I'm looking on the internet and I, I'm sad. I'm sad. I'm scared. I don't want to put more burden on my family because my uh, husband lo just lost his dad and I'm going through this and he's got the kids. Uh, we're trying to keep a positive 
outlook around my children too. School's starting soon. So this is kind of end of August and my son's starting a brand new school. He's going to take the bus for the first time. So he's got all those kind of those little anxieties about that. And as a mom, I'm also like, oh my gosh, my baby's taking a bus and new school and I've got those worries. So I don't want to add more to anyone else's plate. But I also want to do something too, because sitting around and just going down these rabbit holes is hard too. So I definitely was at a place where I was planning my own funeral and just really wanting, I guess, uh, my kids to have these great memories of me and positive and things like that, trying to be upbeat, feeling like I am pulling from the deepest parts in me to get up in the morning and put on that smiling face and be like, yeah, I'm recovering from surgery. That's what it is. Also, I now have this decision where for me, going back to work might not be an option and probably isn't going to be an option. And that again was really hard because way back in May, I'd, I'd made this decision that I was going to go part-time before I knew all this to be spend more time with my family. And I had these plans of the things we would do. I was going to go part-time. I was going to be the mom who's they're going to come home to fresh baked cookies and I could volunteer at my son's school and I, my daughter and I could go exploring and it was, I had all these plans and now they weren't going to happen. I'd found this great partner teacher and this great position and I felt like, I was like, this is going to be fantastic and it'll be for a year and it's just what I need. And now I have to come back and say, I can't do that part-time position. I won't be teaching at all. And I, I love teaching. Also, there's that worry about financial worry, because if I'm not teaching at all, that's no income. And I'd mentioned earlier that my husband works shift work. And so he had lost a portion of his uh, income. If I'm part-time, I'm not on benefits and I'm obviously going to need them coming up. So there's a lot of worries and stresses and how this was all going to turn out. I don't want to voice like all the ones out loud, especially the ones about me not making it and that. And then I'm, I'm thinking, well, in a year, am I going to be around in a year? I'm looking at these, the stats and everything like that. And when reoccurrence can happen, I'm starting to worry that has reoccurrence already happened? Like is... Is this something that's going to be ongoing? Is this something I'm going to beat? Like, I don't even, I know nothing. The information I'm getting is stuff that I'm putting together. And it was just a lot going on and getting up was hard. And trying to pull myself out was really, really hard. But when you have kids, sometimes you don't have a choice, right? It, you just, you have to do it no matter what. And so that was kind of the focus. Like, I I have kids. I have to do it for them. I have to get out of bed. I have to be a mom and do that for them. So this is, it was, it was definitely tough. Um, there's a few things that did kind of help me pull me out a bit. So my husband and my daughter was turning three um, and their birthdays are at the beginning of September. So I wanted to kind of throw myself into doing a birthday party. And in my head, I'm thinking, what if this is the last birthday party that I get to celebrate with, with my daughter and my husband? What if this is the birthday party that she's going mean, to, she's three, what will she remember? But still the party that I can do for her. And I had family 
coming at me too saying, you know, take it easy. It doesn't have to be a big birthday and all the rest. And I remember being so angry at that and understanding where they're coming from. Yes, like why add more to my plate? I already had a lot on it, but just angry because I was like, I'm at a place where I don't know how next year's going to be. And this is her birthday and I want to put something in. And if I can go all out and put everything in, then it takes my mind off something. It's something that I can look forward to. And at this point, I don't want people to tell me what I shouldn't focus on and what I shouldn't. And this whole idea that, well, if you say you're not going to be here next year, you know, and you're putting it all now, that's like this negative talk and it's not going to help you. And I was just angry being like, but I am in a negative place right now. And I know negative talk isn't going to help. And this isn't negative. Like I didn't associate it with being like super negative, I guess. It was more like a purpose. And I just, I want to plan a birthday party for my daughter. And who cares if I go all out? There's people who are healthy who go all out. And I feel like I have the right to go all out and a reason to do so. Because none of us know what tomorrow's going to look like. My father-in-law, that was perfect example. Like you don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. Life is so fragile. And then with my health, why wouldn't I just want to do and take every moment and make it something? And yeah, if I take on too much, I take on too much. So that's kind of, so I was, I was angry. I was, there wasn't any positives. Um, I had stopped doing any kind of visualization at that point because I just, I could not wrap my head around something positive to even do or look at. I was just getting through the days. Having my family around though, just to help with the kids was such a huge, huge, huge help because it did take a lot of that burden off for my husband and I. So some positive things kind of came out around this time. Uh, so with my work, I was able to talk to them and they actually put me back to full time, which means and meant that I get benefits, which was huge. And it also meant that I would get, if when I went on long-term disability, I'd get 70% of my pay as opposed to 70% of half-time pay. So that was a really big burden being lifted. And I was so grateful and so happy that they were able to do that. And I was expecting a fight. I don't know why I was, but because I'd signed this contract, I was just, and the way things had been going, I was expecting this fight. So I kind of went in thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to be on the phone. I'm going to have to battle back and forth. And I didn't. And so when it happened, I was kind of like, oh, okay, that's, that's great. And that, but it also meant that my position then gets posted and I had to start reaching out to people to say why I wasn't going back to work. And then again, that made it real. Before I wanted it to be a private struggle. I just wanted to say, okay, you know what? I went for surgery this summer. So if anyone asks, how was their summer? I went for surgery and that was it. Abdominal surgery. It could be, and that could be anything, right? And then I just need time to recover. But now it was like, I had to say out loud, I guess, to more than just my family that I have cancer and not just any cancer, but stage three cancer. And when then people, you know, that, well, are you okay? What does that mean? And it's, I, I, I don't know what that means. I, I think I'm okay. I feel okay. I feel like they got it all. I want to say they got it all. 
but I don't know. And again, so it was like all these I don't knows and people wanting answers or asking me things and I wasn't sure. So once my job was posted, people started, you know, well, why, you know, you worked so hard for this part-time position. I know you wanted it. What's going on? And so I had to kind of tell people. Um, and I was scared to kind of do so at first because I didn't want to be like, hey, yeah, guess what? I, I have cancer and that's kind of that. And I didn't want to kind of unburden. And the people who knew about my father passed away, there's that. And then it was just like something else. In the end, though, having the, the people who know was, again, another really, really good thing. So as time kind of went on, you find out, like, the schools that I have worked at have really been a family. They have. I have worked at three different schools. Well, what, four, actually, I guess. And But each one, they have come together and they have supported and I've had people constantly reach out just to check in hey how's it going uh little things like that uh they've gotten my kids a couple things like um and that's been huge too because it's not just me but it's my kids and that too so that was one of another positive that's kind of come out of it that I've been able to kind of I guess you know it takes a village sort of thing and now I you know you have a village um the friends that you maybe don't talk to in a year or two because life kind of happens and then you really know that when shit hits the fan that they, they've got your back and it's just nice to know that that you can feel like a really crappy friend or I haven't talked to them in a while but like I said when you're up against the wall they're there and I would love to return the favor to all of my friends who have been like that but I hope that I don't have to I hope they never have to go through something where I have to be this kind of support to them. But knowing that they're there and it has meant a lot. So that was kind of another positive. Uh, planning my daughter's kind of birthday and my uh, husband's kind of around the same time helped. Um, for my father-in-law, I really wanted to just throw myself in and help with the funeral and that. But it was hard too because he is my, he's my father-in-law, right? He's not my dad I and he had a huge family who all want to be a part of it and for me just be I wanted to take it take over because it's just that's kind of who I am some days but I was able to do um work on the video montage so when the kids would go to bed and I would uh I would get all these pictures and I would um put together the video and try to find music and I worked with my brother-in-law and my husband on this and it was really great and even my son just with the whole grieving process and that and my husband from there is now like so on top of pictures because we're looking through these pictures and we realize there's a ton of pictures of my of papa with my kids but growing up he was the picture taker so there wasn't a lot of pictures of him and his two boys growing up because he was the one taking the pictures. And my husband was like, kind of, it hit him. So he was like, I want to make sure that there are lots of pictures of you and the kids. And I'm kind of like, well, I don't want pictures during this time. I do not want to remember this time. I don't need to see pictures of me not looking my best or revisiting that. 
I'm the same way when I was I was pregnant. There's people, you know, who document their pregnancy. They look in the mirror and they got their belly and all the rest. I'm like, no, I don't need pictures of me being pregnant. I really don't. I was uncomfortable. I was the size of a house. I felt like a beached whale. I don't need to remember that. I've got kids. I can remember being pregnant. I don't need pictures to prove that I was pregnant. I don't need to document it. And so even I think there's maybe two pictures out there of me pregnant with either of my children. And I am 100% okay with that. And I kind of feel like this about this time too. But I get where my husband's coming from too. But him always wanting to take pictures and that also makes me feel like that I, I won't be around long enough. And I want to be like, I'm not going anywhere. So there, there's that. Um, I would have loved to just gotten high and just kind of zoned out and forgotten about it. But with my experience with drugs and narcotics, that dream's dead. So if I'm not going to teach, I cannot be a, a drug dealer because I cannot be one that at least samples their product. So that's off the table. And with the surgery in that, my double belly button looks awful. So being a stripper is also not an option. So there's, I guess I'm teaching is it, but right now it's not. So <laughs> turning to drugs, being a drug dealer, which, or a stripper, you know, those kind of jobs are kind of off the table right now for me, unless you want a very ugly looking stripper. So there's those things that I uh, kind of were thinking about too. Uh, when it comes to, again, funerals and that, uh, will talks comes up, right? And have I looked at my will? No. Have I been meaning to? Yes. Having all this makes me want to revisit my will. But I have everything I want in my will. I feel like it's where it wants to be. And also, I kind of want to look at my will when I'm healthy. And I know that's silly because, I mean, if you know you're going somewhere, you should help your loved ones and get that all figured out. But I felt like if I'm bringing up my will, then there's another thing that I, I'm doing it and there's this, maybe it's a sign or something that I have to have everything in place because I won't be here long enough. And so I've put it off, even looking at it for that reason. Um, so just these little things to hold on to has kind of pulled me out of this dark place, but it was dark. I mean, like I said, like it was these percentages of I'm not going to make it and what happens if I have reoccurrence and what happens if it develops into stage four and all of a sudden those percentages are in 40% of survival. Um, and then I try, like, I tried to picture myself as a grandma and I couldn't. And I was like, is that, does that mean something that I can't picture myself old, you know, and things like that. And maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. I don't know. I'd like to think not. Um, I had a family friends too, who in the hospital had given me these rocks. I love rocks. Um, I kept them beside me the whole time. I mean, if that's something to pull out negativity or help me heal, by all means. So I keep the rocks beside me. I kind of hold them against where my surgery is. And it was just another, it was a tangible thing to pour my negativity into and something I could picture sucking out the negativity. So once I started to kind of be on that upward climb, 
of I have to pull myself out for my kids, for my family. There's some good things going on I can focus on. It did get a bit easier. Not 100% easier, but it did. So there was little positive things I could try to find. But like I said, it took a long time. And they were little things at this point. So getting back to that visualization. So I thought, okay, if I'm going to be practical about this all, they found it in my lymph nodes. So I visualized what a healthy colon looks like. What does a lymph node look like? So I looked up, what does a healthy lymph node look like? So maybe I could visualize some health, healthy lymph nodes when I go through and positive stuff and jumping and that activity of draining your lymph nodes is really healthy, I guess, for your lymphatic system for healthy draining and that. So getting on the, on the trampoline with my kids and we're jumping on the trampoline, which I probably did a little too soon. My surgeon was not too happy. But I could, again, I could be like, okay, I'm jumping and I can just feel, and maybe not, but I told myself I could feel my lymphatic system draining and doing what it's supposed to do and taking any of those microscopic cancer cells and draining my system. And so it was those little things. And that's kind of where I was at and waiting for how chemo would look and little things about just trying to pull myself out of these this darkness just to keep moving right onwards and upwards